So, you know, the more that I can get the word out, I think the more and that we can protect our students. And that's our whole goal as a parent, protecting your child. And sometimes we don't know we're putting them in danger because we're not educated on it. It's not our fault. It's just we don't know. The kids have grown up in technology, like you said, I didn't. So we need to educate ourselves and our students on the safety of being in this digital world. Welcome to the BJU Press Teacher Edition podcast, where Christian educators are encouraged and inspired as we bring you interviews, practical ideas, strategies, and answer your questions about teaching in today's culture. And here's your host, Jenny Copeland. Welcome back, everyone. Take a minute and try to think of all the ways you have intersected with technology just in the past 24 hours. Even if you are a tech minimalist, our world is filled with technology and avoiding it is getting harder by the day. Technology can be a fantastic tool for good, but as we all know, even the best of tools can be used for wrong. Our students are growing up in a society where technology for good and for bad is really taking over their everyday lives. It's in every part of their lives. They don't know lives without smartphones or tablets or other smart devices around them. They don't know lives without internet and Siri. I mean, information is always at their fingertips and really accessible with very little effort. Their access to each other and really to people they don't even know is more readily available than ever before. And while all of this access and information can be used ethically in a Christ-like way, unfortunately, that is not the agenda of the world we live in. Even as a principal at the elementary level, I dealt with many issues that found their roots in the internet or in online gaming or such. We cannot be naive to the access and to the influence of our current technological world. And this is one of the topics we just can't ignore. We're going to dive into that today, but before we do... I first want to welcome all of our listeners, and thank you for making the Teacher Edition podcast part of your day. As we get started, let me again remind you to take a minute to subscribe to the podcast. If you have friends who still aren't listening in, please share the podcast with them as well. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We are Teacher Edition Podcast on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Teacher Edition Pod. Again, that's Teacher Edition Pod. By the way, we would love it if you would take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I know that's something I have to intentionally take time to do when I listen to other podcasts, but leaving a review really helps others find the show as well. So if you would, please take a minute to do that if you are enjoying the Teacher Edition podcast. And lastly, we are looking for your questions. So I want to invite you to go to our website, teacheredictionpodcast.com. There you can subscribe to our emails and you can also submit your questions. It's a simple click of a button and you can record your question. For all of our listeners, be sure to listen all the way to the end of each episode because if we do have a question to share, we will do it at the end of the episode and you definitely won't want to miss out on those. So back to the world of technology that we live in today. Rick Floyd is joining us today as we unpack this topic. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited for all that Rick is going to bring to the conversation today. So just a little bit about Rick's background as we get started. Rick has over 20 years of law enforcement experience. During that time, he was over internet and computer crimes, meaning he was responsible for investigating all electronic-related crimes. 
He has received extensive training in computer forensics investigations and also served as a member of the local U.S. Customs Task Force and as a member of the South Carolina Attorney General Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. He has worked extensively with local, state, and federal agencies to investigate solicitation and enticement cases involving underage children over the internet. After retiring from law enforcement, he began working for a local school district where he is really focused on safe access to and safe use of technology. Rick uses his training and his experiences to speak to students and parents and community groups about the dangers that children and adults face online. And that's how I first came in contact with Rick and his work. He is passionate about using technology for good. And with his experiences, he's unfortunately seen that technology is used in many ways that hurt and destroy. So that all being said, I'm really excited to tap into Rick's expertise and experience for this episode. You know, the Bible may not specifically mention iPhones or laptops, but it is full of principles and truths that guide our use of technology. One of those principles is wisdom and knowledge. You know, we as educators need to be aware. It is important to know what our students are facing and where the threats are. You know, we practice, I was thinking we practice fire drills for potential fires. We're sure to know where to go in severe weather, but are we preparing students for the potential harm of the misuse of technology? Of course, understood in all of this is age appropriateness and balance, and some information is meant to be shared with students, while other information just needs to stay with parents and educators so they can be aware and know what's out there. But I'm guessing Rick can concur with me that in general, parents and educators are woefully unaware of the power and the pressure and really the potential of the internet and of technology in general. So my hope is that in the minutes we have together today, we can bring awareness so that we can bring urgency to guiding students and to really pray for them as they grow up in this world around us. So enough introduction, let's jump in. Rick, a comment I have heard among educators is that the school really has nothing to do with student use of technology other than for their coursework. And I know there's a really fine line of the school's responsibility and involvement with what a student does on their personal devices or on personal accounts or even outside of school time or school property. But it seems that those interactions and the impact of them somehow find their way into our classrooms in a variety of ways. So let's talk about social media first. Talk with us about what our level of concern as educators should be with social media that's happening outside of the school. So we can't deny or dispute that social media is affecting our students and staff um, every day. I mean, it's part of their life, um, you know, 24 hours a day. They, it seems like they sleep with a phone sometimes, and it comes into the school. So whether anything happens like on campus or at home, it's still affecting school. They're bringing it to school. It may be something where they're arguing cyberbullying or, you know, harassing somebody on the internet, that's a classmate. It comes to school. There's a disruption in school, disruption in class, time away from teaching. The teachers are having to deal with it. So you can't say it's, you know, it happened at school or didn't happen at school. So I'm not going to deal with it. We have to deal with it because, I mean, kids are coming to school depressed. Teachers are dealing with it. They're coming to school after being cyberbullied. Teachers are having to deal with it. Administration's having to deal with it. Um, and so it's affecting us in so many different ways. And 
in negative ways. I mean, it's not fair to put it on a teacher and say you have to deal with this, but unfortunately, that now is becoming part of their almost everyday activity is dealing with some kind of dispute that's happened or is happening on the internet that happened at home on a personal device that parents maybe aren't watching what they're doing, are not paying attention, and it's carrying over to school. Yeah, absolutely. So in keeping with the topic of social media, is free speech really free speech on social media? And could there be consequences for a post? I mean, maybe we could look at this both from an educator's post side, as well as how to guide students in thinking about what they're posting. So I think teachers and parents, when I'm speaking to them, they I encourage them to be role models. It's easy to say, do this and or don't do that. But then our children are watching the news and people are really mean to each other right now with a political environment. Um, and teachers are having, again, to face that. But we have to be a role model. We can't just say, do this and do the opposite. If we're posting something negative, talking about somebody, either in person or on the internet, our students can be doing the same thing. They think it's okay. So we have to be a role model in what we're doing uh, to talk to them about it. I mean, you know, when you post something, we have to think about staff or student, public and permanent information. Would you want your parents to see it? Would you want your administrators to see it? We have, you know, I've seen a lot of situations where staff members have been in trouble for posting something. And the first thing is like, I can say what I want. It's free speech. But with that is consequences, because if you're talking about, you know, the school in a negative way, you're talking about a student, you're talking about the administration, um, there's consequences with that. And, you know, all the way up to potentially being fired for negative posting. So it is affecting us in many different ways, not only in our class, but our personal life. So as we mentioned at the start of the show, students today have incredibly easy access to information and to images. And they're very quick to share information and images. And we know that this sprouts legs and finds its way right into our schools. And teachers and administrators are left with the task of sorting through the debris and, and a lot of drama often in those interactions. What advice could you give teachers as they navigate these types of situations? And I'm thinking maybe if you have some pointers, some things that they could be aware of, even guidance on what to do. I mean, if a student comes to you with inappropriate texts or images that's been sent to them, how should they handle that? We want wisdom, but also legally, how should they handle that? Yes. So we're mandated reporters. Teachers are. So if you are, I mean, it's like anything, if you're made aware of it and it's the students in danger or it's the law being broken, we're mandated reporters. So if it's, we'll take an appropriate image. Um, I was just dealing with this this week where a mom sent a teacher the inappropriate image thinking that that was the right thing to do. This is happening. That's child pornography that they're distributing. So as a teacher, uh, don't send it to anybody. Don't encourage or don't ask the student to send it to you. I would recommend, since you've seen it, your mandated reporter call law enforcement, whether this campus police or the local jurisdiction. Uh, we have to report it. We do with our school district. And I, when I'm talking to students, you know, one thing I tell them is not to put your teacher in a bad situation. Um, so the biggest thing is, you know, it's not only if you're in possession of it as a teacher administrator, it's a state and federal law. So, you know, as some, it's, we've had staff members, I mean, I've, I've dealt with staff members nationwide that's actually ended up in jail because they, they just wasn't thinking. 
you know, they took possession of the child pornography, had it on the phone, they sent it to uh, the administrator or sent it to another teacher, not meaning harm, but they've broken a law, possession of it and distribution. So to follow up on that topic a little bit more, what what advice would you give to a teacher or an administrator? And let's say in a situation where a student sends an inappropriate image you know, to turn it into a teacher or an administrator to let them know about it and they send it to me as an educator, what should I do? So if it's sent to you, we can't control what comes to our phone. If it's sent to you and you know that it's an underage student, call law enforcement. Let them know. It's not trying to get the student in trouble, but it's, it's um, to keep you out of trouble because you're in possession of child pornography now. So being a mandated reporter, the first thing you should do is send it to or talk to law enforcement. Even if law enforcement says, hey, send me the image, you can't do that. It's like they have to come to you. Uh, they have to see it or have a search warrant to take it or take your phone and take it off the phone that way. But we're not even allowed to send it to law enforcement. If, I, if I'm in possession, if I see it on a computer or a Chromebook, we have to have a search warrant. They have to come to us. We can't send it to them. So never forward it to anybody. Um, don't panic because you can't control what comes to it. You're not going to jail for that. But just you know, know what to do with it. Call law enforcement. Call your administrator first. Let them know what's going on and let law enforcement get involved. Yeah, that's great advice. And these are some really practical ways that um, these things are coming into our schools. Now, I know we could probably spend the next several episodes talking about technology, and we have limited time, but I would love to spend some time before the end of today's episode talking about maybe some of the tools that are out there or the resources, maybe the apps or websites that might be really good for us to have on our radar. Maybe they are ones that are really popular among teachers and students, um, ones that are being used, maybe ones that we don't really know what that resource is all about. And so we naively use it. Do you have anything you can offer as far as advice or things to put on our radar? Yeah, there's so many apps. So the apps come and go. There's thousands of them out there. One of the dangers of all the apps, uh, for especially for students, and for teachers to know is that every app has a messaging feature. So the kids are being contacted by strangers. They have no problem communicating with strangers on the internet. And then who are these people? Um, there's problems with fake apps. I don't know if you've heard of, it's called um, like Finsta, F-I-N-S-T-A. It's fake Instagram accounts. So students are using those to harass other students, to harass staff members, uh, for the school itself, just putting bad images out there. And it may look like it's coming from the school, but it's a fake account. So we have to be aware of that too. If that's brought to your attention, that's another thing that you're not going to be able to find out who creates it, but law enforcement can. So if you feel, especially if it's threatening to other people, to students or staff, call law enforcement. I mean, some of the common apps that I was talking to students today, third, fourth, and fifth graders, um, Instagram, Snapchat, again, there's thousands of them out there. But the most popular, and probably with a lot of adults too, is TikTok. And more and more state agencies, and I think all federal agencies now, are banning that from even being on their devices. It's so invasive. TikTok is one of the dangers. It's owned out of China. So all of our personal information, all of the videos we're posting, everything we put out there is being stored in, their own, in China. And they're collecting a lot of personal information from our images to wherever we're at. Anytime you create a TikTok video, they know exactly where you're at, what phone it came from, 
or, or what computer. So there's a lot of personal information that sometimes we don't think about the dangers um, or, you know, with Instagram. Same thing in Snapchat because we're giving away as a, a teacher, for instance, you could take a picture and send it to somebody and that person now knows exactly where you were when you sent that out. So what if it goes to someone you don't know? You know, or are you putting the school in danger by posting maybe you're on a field trip with all your kids and now they know exactly where you're at? You didn't put that out there, but the app is putting it out there for you. So as fun as the apps are, we just have to think about the dangers and the dangers are you know, the location services. Do we want somebody to know where we're at 24 hours a day? You know, do you want somebody to know you're on campus tonight at nine o'clock? You're posting stuff. You could be putting yourself in danger. And a lot of times you're not even thinking about that. Yeah. Wow. Rick, this is so insightful. And I would I would love to spend a lot more time working through these. And just it's just a good reminder. The comfort level with technology is there, you know, in this day and time. And like you said, they just share information, share pictures, share location, not thinking how that could impact them. So thank you for those reminders. Thank you for those insights. It's been really, really helpful. And while there's really no way we can cover all facets of the topic, I think you've gotten us thinking and put in, put it have put some things on our radars that while we're talking and guiding students, we can encourage them in their safe use of technology and just teaching them to honor the Lord in their use of technology even. So do you have any closing comments, any maybe suggestions or advice you could give to our listeners just in general as they work with students using technology? Well, technology is not going to go away. The apps aren't going to go away. So we kind of educate ourselves so we can educate the kids. You know, we're talking to students. I, I never say don't go on this app or don't go on that app because they're going to anyway. So we need to educate them. And as a parent, we need to know if they're on an app or as a school teacher, if they're on a certain app, look at the settings on it. Explain to the kids that the dangers of it, the good and the bad, because there's a lot of good in all of it. But even, you know, if you have no idea what this uh, app is, just Google that particular app, the, the pros and cons of it. You're going to see the good and the bad. And a lot of times the bad is that location services and that one-on-one -on -one conversation that anyone can have with you or a teacher or one of our students. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we barely scratched the surface today. I'm going to include your website in our show notes so our listeners uh, can reach out to you if you have if they have other questions or want to connect with you. But thank you. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for your work that you're doing every day working to help keep teachers, um, administrators, and students safe as they use technology. And we appreciate that. So thank you for taking time to be with us. Thank you. And I appreciate you reaching out and sending me information out because I do community talks, uh, schools and churches. So, you know, the more that I can get the word out, I think the more and that we can protect our students. And that's our whole goal, protecting your child. And sometimes we don't know we're putting them in danger because we're not educated on it. It's not our fault. It's just we don't know. The kids have grown up in technology, like you said, I didn't. So we need to educate ourselves and our students on the safety of being in this digital world. Absolutely. So listeners, be sure to check out the show notes and find Rick at his website there and reach out if you have additional questions. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you were challenged and encouraged as I was. Remember to go to teacheredition.podcast.com to submit your questions for upcoming episodes. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. Now, it's time to get back to your day. 
But it's not just any day, because every day in the classroom is your day to impact and inspire through God's power and through His grace working in you. Go do what God has called you to do.